Hey everybody, welcome to Street Fight Radio. We are on WCRS LP FM right now, coming to you live from Columbus, Ohio. A uh, little extra bonus chopped up version of the intro there. Uh, my name is Brett Payne, my co-host is Brian Quinby. We're the number one anarcho-comedy radio show on any station across the nation. And we've been at it for 10 years now, going loud and proud uh, to get rid of all the bullshit, you know, that we all see every day that's coming to a head in every possible place in your life. It's time to stand up and make a difference, spread this mess across the U.S., and destroy every patriarchy, hierarchy, and nation on this entire earth. It's going to start with this radio show and with our live programs. We're going to have some live live shows coming up very soon columbus ohio may 20 may shit hey august 26th right august 26th august 26th mad lab uh you can get tickets um by going to our social media or checking your email if you're a patreon person uh we're going to be in detroit we're going to be in cleveland so stay tuned for all that information and uh this week we are going to have eric deal come to town he's staying with me and he's painting a wizard on my car and a cat and a snake and uh, going to improve my car and raise money uh for the hopi tutsqua permaculture institute well that's great the hopi tutsqua will probably be very happy i think i don't know maybe they don't like money i guess but yeah yeah, that's, you really sold it right there. <clears throat> I know. I'm a, I'm a salesman for sure. I am great at that. Uh, Gathering the jug- Juggalos has already kicked off. There's people out there camping right now acting a fool. That's crazy. Too early for that, man. How, how are you going to camp for a whole week? Why I mean, not? I'm not even going to camp for one day. So, that's... Hey, if you want to go hang out in a parking lot for four days before the thing starts, then far be it for me to tell you that you can't do that. I think it's fine. Just crazy. Ugh, sleeping outside like that. No, thank you. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, we're going to be there Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, I believe. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Those three days. Don't want to miss that. The That's the whole thing. Day. The yes. official days. We're going to the official days because we have to. We have to do a little fucking thing called work. Okay, we have to work. You know, I got a goddamn job. I gotta be at. Yeah, it's all my dick off. No, I know the fucking schedule's fucked. But uh, you know, Wednesday night time. Wednesday night is always time for a street fight, and you can't change that. Unfortunately. Be reviewing date movie Wednesday night. Oh so, no! Yeah, date movie. I'll probably love it. Maybe I don't know. I didn't. I didn't like the last one, so it's a fair chance I won't like this one. Uh so yeah, yeah. I got a little bit of a, a little bit of Shocktober news, I guess. I have to say. Uh, okay. Re- rest in peace to to the big cat, Fez Watley. Really hurt. I like actually cried yesterday because a guy died. A famous guy died. <laughs> yeah, they grabbed you. It was tough. I, I mean, you know, people that listen to Ron and Fez know that he had had several heart attacks. Not one, not two. I think it was like seven heart attacks. And, you know, it just feels like 
there there's an amount of heart attacks that you have where it seems like you might live through everything. Like you're unkillable. When it was like three heart attacks, I was like, this motherfucker is gonna die soon. When it got up around six, I was like, this guy can't be killed. It can't happen. And he died. And it was sad. I think it's like spending three hours a day listening to somebody for a decade probably makes you feel like you know them in a way that maybe I don't feel about like when Johnny Carson died or whatever. I just, you know, didn't care about that person. But it's really depressing. Rest in peace, buddy. Uh, uh, You know. This is very sad for me. I don't know. Yeah, that's I tough just, to hear. I was DMing with Felix and Chris, and they were both very sad, too. Oh, jeez. What's going on? They were both very sad, too. Uh, uh, you know, this is the year we decided to cover Ron and Fez anyway, so, you know, you'll get a posthumous Fez episode, uh, Ron and Fez episode. Uh, and I might even see if Chris wants to do one a little early, but, you know, I got to start holding on to... Uh, content for shocktober yeah i can't just keep using it it's coming up you know so yeah that's that's it's it sucks but what are you gonna do you know yeah not much a famous guy yeah uh we love our famous guys i did never happen to me am i never loved a famous guy i never got sad because a famous guy died wow never it i just am always like oh a famous guy died like whatever not who cares I'm not like a who cares guy. I'm a, I don't know. I just, you know, a famous guy. It doesn't seem like a real person to me. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Well, I, um, there was guy, he's, I guess he's not even a famous guy, but, uh, when combat Jack podcaster died, uh, it made me really sad Yeah, because I've listened to him for a really long time. And before I ever started podcasting at all. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty strange. Yeah, that I mean, that's the the Ron and Fez thing. The the Fez thing is like, man, I uh, uh I, yeah, I totally. Everybody thinks we sat. We're not. We did sit across from each other. So I was just letting everybody know that my arm is in. I'm looking at the feed now, and I'm all. We got to get new furniture. Is basically what we're thinking over here. We are in our new office, and uh, everything's kind of. Uh, just thrown in here and our furniture is very big and it's a very small room. So yeah, we need to just get a little smarter with the decoration here. We'll get not gigantic chairs. Yeah. I mean, I even almost I'm now redecorating the room on the air. I almost feel like we could turn the table sideways and you'd be okay. We'd be okay too, to sit across from each other. There is something about sitting across from each other that I like. Really? Well, it's just very. Yeah, you advocated for side by side. I know, but now it feels weird because I don't know. It feels remote. I'm not looking at you. Very weird. I don't know. Um, okay. But I do kind of like that I can watch my hand show up in the other frame. It's yeah. very cool. Take up more space. Yeah, taking it all up, baby. Taking it all up, getting that space. So um, um I did have a wild story. <clears throat> Uh, in which I finessed a cop. Okay. And I you have to get a warning and say that this uh, has extreme amounts of white privilege in it. Okay. <laughs> um, yesterday, I went to the Indianapolis road race for Indy, uh, IndyCar, and it was a really good race. Uh, I love the fucking stadium. I love, I love walking around it for miles and miles and all the weird shit. Uh, really love that place. Uh, can't wait to go back. 
But I went and saw the race and then went and drank a bunch of beer and then had to go home. And as I was driving home, you know, I had been partying and I'm driving and I noticed that my headlight is out. Oh, that's a, that you don't want to do that when you're drunk driving. No, it starts to get dark and my headlight is out and I'm running out of gas and I'm like, okay, I'm going to stop and get gas and a headlight. No headlights there. Oh, you, you, oh, they didn't have headlights? You didn't go to a uh, truck stop? Uh, the, it's, it's a really complicated process. That's why I've been putting off replacing it mm. is because there's a guy that showed that it was like, the, a lot of people say you have to take off the bump, like take off this bunch of shit from the bottom. I don't know. And then one guy says you can just unhook some things. Uh, it seems annoying. Man. Everything about this car is annoying so far. Yeah, that is tough. That is tough. My my headlight, you you really just got to unscrew. Oh, I'm familiar. I'm from my nice. play. I would. Yeah, I'm play. I know how to change a light bulb. I'm yeah, not, I, I'm not that dim. Yeah. Um. But anyways, so I need to get gas, and I pull off on an exit. Uh, I fill up, and I start to leave, and I notice the the uh, directions are saying go four miles down the road, and I'm looking at the exit I just came off of. And realize that getting back onto the main freeway has been cut off. And I am start sweating because I'm like, oh, shit. Now I have to drive through some rinky-dink little town in Indiana with a headlight out. And, a, and, a, uh, yeah, and uh, obviously been drinking, right? Yeah. And very obviously. Not very obviously. Not slurring. I mean, just I had a party and I cooled down. I had driven for like an hour. I was cooled down, but there was also like I had my uh my medicine, which is uh five hits of acid and one ounce of alcohol. Like I had some medicine in the car. <laughs> I had um, you know, uh weed carts, you know, just shit that I don't want them poking around in, you know, either. Yeah, Indiana doesn't like weed. Yeah, they don't like uh, performance-enhancing medication either, like vitamin A. Hmm, um, vitamin A is okay. Okay. I think. I don't know. Yeah. Vitamin THC, right? Yeah. Uh, so, I'm, I'm, I immediately have this thought. I'm like, I have to drive through this rinky-dink town. And I'm like, could I just go on the exit and get past it? And I'm like, no, that's stupid. That's going to get you pulled over immediately. I start driving. And as I'm driving, the car, like, a mile down the road, flicks its lights at me. And I'm like, oh, fuck, there's a cop. Of course there's a cop. And then as I go to drive past, it turns out that was a cop. And he turns on the, he turns on the, uh, he turns on the lights, pulls a U-turn, comes at me. Um, I grab a piece of gum. I eat it as fast as I can. Whip it out the window. Swallow it. So I don't, yeah, so I don't have it. Um. I grab my license and I put it in my hand and I pull over and he walks up and he's like, Hey, Hey buddy. I uh, flick, flick my lights at you because yours is out. And I'm like, what are you serious? And I start flicking the lights on and off. And I did Brian. I think I'm about to hear a Brian move. So then I said, what are you serious? And then I get out of the car, like without him saying anything. And I go and get to the front of the car and I'm looking at it. And I'm like, oh my God, this is out. Are you serious? I just got this car. This is fucking ridiculous. I just got this fucking car. This is fuck. I would never drive like this. I'm like out there flogging myself, you know? And uh, he's like, yeah, man, just wanted to make sure you, you were doing all right, you know, that you knew about it. And he's like, I see your license. And I just like hand it to him. And he goes and walks uh, up to his car. 
And then he comes back, he hands it to him, and he's like, your taillight is out too. And I'm like, fuck. And so I walk around and I look at the taillight. He gives me the license back and he's like, yeah, man, uh, you got you to pay attention to that stuff. I just want to make sure you don't get like sideswiped or anything. And I was just kind of talking to him and I was like, oh yeah, that's a real, that makes a lot of sense. And as I'm saying that, I'm backing up and I'm just like sliding into the car and he just keeps making these faces like he thinks I'm the weirdest person, you know? And I just backed, I just slowly slid into the car and said, I, I'll remember that. Thanks. I appreciate it. And just started it and drove away. <laughs> hey, we're back. Hey. I was saying it sucked. I was going to hear, so you don't, so you're not on, uh, you know, edge about what I was going to say. It's, I was going to say, suck, suck, suck. Suck, suck, suck. Suck my pee hole. Okay. Suck my pee hole. Let's say suck an old guy. No, I um, I'm really into like poop and pee and sucking things off though lately when I'm singing a song. That you know? ever changed from being six? I mean, was there like no. ever a year in your life when that wasn't true? Do you think? Oh, or you just always been there was this way? probably a time where I was like, you know what, that's too easy. You know what I'm saying? Like doing that thing where you're like, you know, it's too easy to be dirty. Really, you got to keep it clean. You know, okay. It takes more talent to be clean. Okay, than grandma. It does to be dirty. You are a pack right? ball. I'm Lincoln Park. So, yeah, we're back to the stream. We're on the scene. Six one four six five five three eight eight seven WCRSLPFM. So let me explain something to everybody about what I just did, just to let you know. I should get the chat up like Brett has, so that I don't watch the stream and just fall in love with yourself. Just staring at yourself? No, no. It takes up bandwidth, probably, right? Yeah, that makes sense. Here. Uh, uh, Turn on your phone really loudly. That would help. Oh, cut it out. Yeah, I cut the malarkey over there. I got to do something like Twitter a lot. So You have to do Twitter. Oh, okay. We're doing the show. But I have if you a, have to do Twitter, that's fine. I have a... <laughs> hey, this show is nothing without Twitter, okay? Um, I have a question for for you. Does your do you use Google Chrome on your computer? Oh gosh. Or are you like a Mozilla Firefox guy? Or like um, a Microsoft Edge? I actually use the Brave browser. Oh god. <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. I'm making money, baby. Does it log you out of everything? Every single time the it gets disconnected from the internet? Uh, I don't think so. Maybe. I don't the, know. I'm a two-factor authentication guy now. You, you like that? After what happened to my Twitter, yes. Okay. I'm two-factor authentication Brian. Okay. Okay, that's my new character. Two-factor Brian. Yeah, yeah. Two-factor. No, it's the full name. Two-factor authentication it. Brian. It's my new character where all of my things have two-factor authentication so they don't get hacked. Yeah, I get right? it. Yeah. I'm sometimes I have like keys in my pocket, just some of like uh keys from all of my cryptocurrency. I'm just walking around and someone could just snatch it unless you That's what I'm saying. So it's such a hassle because every time I use my Chrome, which doesn't make me any money at all, unlike Brett's, which <laughs> makes him money. Uh did not know there was an app for making money or a, a one to make money, and I am a cheap man, so I would have liked to have known that. But anyway. Uh, what is it like coupons? Uh, it's called Brave Browser, and basically, uh, they it has extreme ad has ad blocking on it, and you can has like a Tor browser built in for privacy stuff. 
Uh, it's all built on Chrome, so it's pretty much the same thing. But what they do is they they get they take advertising money. People pay them advertising money, and you will get a pop up notification like every five minutes. And if you click on it, you get a piece of crypto that is generated by the ad, and that they they just basically pay. Yeah, they pay you out in that. I don't. Know. It's not like a server farm thing. It's just the the money from the ad revenue gets kicked back to the people for looking at the ads. You making some beans off that though? No, it's like five dollars a month. But you know, it, it's also the possibility of you're gonna make a change my life. Money, yeah. yeah. I'm gonna have a five billion dollar Brave browser account and move out to Slab City and renovate it. You're gonna be like that guy. Uh, oh man, I'll never get logged in here. Oh, listen to this, man. Hey, it's Vina says Brave on Android lets you play YouTube in the background without Primo. Well, can you please let them know that I already have premium YouTube? Sure. Because uh, I am a fancy You're gentleman. Paying, paying for that service and, and also not making money on your browser. I know. Two-factor, you, you, you invested too much in two-factor authentication. <laughs> too much is you, going you, on in security for me. Yeah. <laughs> I need to get the password from you. You should write that down and pass it over to me. Password for what? This. Restream? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I mean, so our listeners are using the... Oh, here's... I got to do this because Brett sent me a, a text earlier this week and said he had a present for me. Yes. That... I would love, and my mind raced with all the exciting things that it could be. Um, it is not one of the things I thought it was going to be. But one of the things, I because I told Katie, I'm like, Kate, there isn't really anything that I've wanted for a while. Mm -hmm. The only thing I want probably would cost thousands, $10,000. Okay. At least. And I was like, so there's no way, unless he got one made, and that's a Jackie puppet. So if anybody knows where to get a Jackie puppet, I would love a Jackie puppet. What's a Jackie puppet? <laughs> Just Here's my idea for the studio. I'm, uh, let everybody know what my plan for this decoration of the studio. The side that Brett sits on, he gets that whole wall. Okay. The side I sit on, I get this whole wall. And then when people come in, it's like a fucking museum of shit we're into. Okay. And I, this whole wall will be shock jocks. <laughs> okay. And we're going to put like a, a duct tape down the middle of the room too? No, no. I just thought it would be neat if that wall over there had like racing stuff and whatever those figures you like and, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. Stuff. And then, you know, you know what Katie says she wants on the wall in here? She's like, you guys should hang all of your street fight signs. And I was like, maybe like one room that I record in could like not be street fight signs. Yeah. Because <laughs> if anybody's ever seen me street from the house, if you look behind me, it is all me. It is there. It is all street fight except for a funny picture of Jonathan Davis from a Monster Energy drink ad that I framed. So he looks like a family member and a family values 98 VHS cover, but everything else is street fight shit. The Danzig picture too. Oh yeah. The Danzig pictures that Brett bought me of Danzig shopping at a, a Japanese grocery <laughs> store. Yeah. Uh, that one too. Yeah. So I had those and um, 
I just, I was thinking like I could hang my turd, turd shirt up on that wall over there. I want to get a copy of the Imus album called This Honky's Nuts because I think it's funny to have something that says This Honky's Nuts. But like the big. Biggest... you secretly believe it about yourself? I am a nutty honky, right? <laughs> yeah, I feel like one too. Yeah. God. But the biggest thing is because I'm doing Shocktober prep, I found the greatest Howard Stern archive. Every single episode, commercial free from 2003 to 2014. That is probably the best archive I've ever had of any of the Shock Jocks. Really? At this point, yeah. Impressive. Archive.org goes there, man. Yeah. It's, they just keep everything alive. Yeah, it's great. So I go over there and I get, and, but I, so I want a Jackie puppet, but I think I'd have to get it made. And it was a puppet that they used to do Jackie Martling's voice out. And uh, I just always wanted one. So now I'm going to open my present. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited to see it. I, I can't remember who sent this to me. Um, it was one of those weird things where it feels like the universe, this is kind of a simulation. And I think this was created on a thin air, you know, Okay. it was like the perfect moment in time. Uh, I, I got to look who sent it to me, but I couldn't believe it when I saw it with my I, own eyes. I broke my knife two weeks ago and I really shouldn't say that on the air because I'm avoiding telling Katie about it. Oh no. Well, because I'm going to buy another knife. Yes, you know? and then you kept saying, this is a real strong one, and stabbing <laughs> stuff with it. The last time we were at, at, the last time we were in the old studio, I broke it. Oh my God, doing what? It just doesn't flip anymore. It doesn't, the, the switchblade function doesn't work anymore. Wow, so the Boker Kalashnikov, I probably played with it too much. Yeah, they're you know? made to use, like, you're, only, you're never supposed to unsheath your knife unless you're ready to kill somebody. And I also don't know how to sharpen knives. I wish somebody would just come to my house and sharpen my knives for me. Because everybody, I got a whetstone. I'm like, I got a whetstone. I'm going to fucking sharpen these knives. And then I Googled how to sharpen a knife on a whetstone. It's literally the hardest thing you could ever possibly do. It's like learning, like friggin karate or something it's so hard that's, that's not the hardest thing and neither is i think none of those are hardest thing you've ever you could ever do oh my god this was pre-orders they were taking pre-orders <laughs> oh my god a skank and pickle t-shirt skank and pickle rick <laughs> okay yeah skank and rickle okay yeah this is perfect for me this is gonna go with the deadpool shirt and I'm going to wear it everywhere. Asian Man Records did a pre-order for a Skankin' Rickle shirt. Skankin' Rickle. <laughs> it's the worst thing I ever saw in my life. Yeah. Holy moly. What the hell? Colin Studios talking. Oh, my God. Yep, yeah, that's it. Uh, I couldn't believe it when it was real when Skankin I saw it. Skankin' Rickle. <laughs> I was actually on vacation and someone and I checked my phone for a minute and I saw it and I and the person was I was with was like, Are you buying something? And I was like, Yeah, I saw it and immediately had to get it. Oh, skankin' rickle. So there it is. Oh, now everybody's yeah. I have a whetstone. I paid good goddamn money. Yeah, there's something going on with the phones right now, but I promise we're going to get all this going again. I don't know what's going on. We keep leaving the keys in the ignition, and it makes it idle, and then it stutters the engine. 
Okay, so yeah, Skank and Rickle. Yeah. I have a Skank and my wife is not going to like that shirt, much like she doesn't like Deadpool smoking weed. Uh, you have Junior Bad Shirt Hall of Fame. I know. I'm into those shirts now. I show you the one I was thinking about getting. No. It is, do you're, uh, if you're in a chat, I'll help you out. Uh, I'm going to reference something that some of you youngsters might not know. Okay. Okay. Papa. Do you remember when Janet Jackson was on the cover of the Rolling Stone with no shirt on? And then there was somebody behind her holding her titties. Uh-huh. Okay. You guys know that, right? Yeah. So there is a t-shirt. It's, it's an all over print actually and you can get it in a white sweatshirt but it is harley quinn and deadpool has his hands over her titties yeah <laughs> and i want to buy it but i mean katie can only take so much yeah that's of my weirdness yeah that's unacceptable <laughs> you can't wear it anywhere <laughs> yes you can okay Dude, people would have said Baby i can't shower. wear deadpool smoking weed but sure, I do. You're right. Yeah. I do. Yeah, I mean, they have sexual lives outside of crime fighting and villainy. Yeah. Well, they can't be together either, you yeah. know? Why, too much raw passion? No, 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 no. It's because they're in different uni- cinematic universes. <laughs> oh. I think there's, you can draw them the same, though. Or you can draw them wherever you want. <laughs> you can draw them doing whatever you want. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's what um, I, I wanted so bad. Because it has Deadpool and Harley Quinn. I'm sure people would fucking come and shake my hand in the streets if I had, if I had that shirt. Oh yeah, you know. Yeah, there's. I had to. They just wanted to proudly celebrate your shirt. You think, sir? I'd like to shake your hand. Okay, this is a beautiful shirt. Makes sense. So, yeah. Oh, in the chat now, they're like, I hate that so much. Um, I mean, you know, I'm sorry. I like Skank and Rickle. Okay. I don't think they were talking about the Skank and Rickles shirt. Oh, okay. So they also said they had the same thing, but with Harley Quinn holding Deadpool's ass cheeks. There we go. Th- that's for women. I would wear that one. Well, you wear women's shirts, though. <laughs> that's true. You're into women. So you, you would also wear a blouse. <laughs> right. If you were given the choice, you know. I, true. I, the women get Deadpool naked, and the men get Harley Quinn naked. Okay. So... No more Harley Quinn, though, after that Suicide Squad. It tanked. Oh, folks. no. That's unfortunate. It tanked I'm really from sad. what I'm hearing. Huh? Didn't people love it? Yeah. People watched it, I guess. I'll tell you the truth. It looked like a cartoon to me. I watched it, but I felt like I was watching a cartoon. <laughs> it's a cartoon meeting. It started out as a cartoon. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, <sighs> it's cartoonish. Yeah. Uh, I, I wouldn't really. I don't know what that can ever do to make a good one, really, anymore. I mean, a bunch of people got killed in it, and that was kind of neat, you know? Yeah, but then you're competing on that spectrum. There's a lot of other movies where a bunch of people get killed. There's a endless amount of movies to watch people get killed constantly. I know, but the way they got killed in this uh, was kind of fun. Though there was a more impressive murder. Happening. It was funnier killing, yeah, because there was gore. Gotcha. It wasn't good gore, because like I said, it looked like a cartoon. But uh, it was something. So just a- like latexy blood looking shiny blood. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. CGI blood. It just didn't affect the world behind him. You know, you fucking shoot a guy and his head explodes and then there's no blood on the ground. It's like, 
Where's the blood? I need to see, I need to feel like I'm really seeing a murder to enjoy this movie. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Totally. I, I thought it was fine. It was fine. You know, watched yeah. it with the wife. I was, we were both pretty stoned and. Wanted to see murders. Yeah. And just was like, yeah, hey, you know, this is something. Then we started watching. Sounds great. That's like a great time. That sounds like a kick-ass time, man. Well, now we're doing this true crime thing. Uh-huh. We got into that. I'm into that now. Okay. On TV. Now, I, now, I won't listen to a true crime podcast because, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I, you, don't, you don't want to think about getting butchered? Um, no, I don't. I, I, I don't want to. I like comedy podcasts. Okay, right. only comedy podcasts. Um, but I I like true crime TV shows. I'm, I've gotten way into this uh, 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 this guy who's a Satanist that killed a few people, and the police didn't like catch him and all this stuff, and he was crazy. Uh-huh. Now, check it, dude. Check this out. Fought his teeth down to points. Yeah, I think right. I'm, yeah, the way he died. He, he was put in solitary confinement on suicide watch in prison. Mm-hmm. And he fucking chewed through his artery on his arm to die. And I was like, that's fucking bonkers. I mean, the whole time I was watching it, I was like, this guy sounds like a real fucking chode. You know what I mean? Like, right. I hated him through the whole thing because they were like, oh, he killed people. Oh, you know, he was like the edgy guy in town. And I was just like, you know, like, but then when he, when I saw that part of it, I was like, whoa, okay. I mean, he put his money where his mouth was. I guess I can't fault him for that. So that's, that's been my week. A guy died I really liked, and then I just watched a bunch of stuff about other people dying. (laughs) Yeah, seems pretty neat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I wonder where I get anxiety. Summertime sadness. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. My wife watches, listens to My Favorite Murder. My wife likes the murder podcast. Okay. She's all day with it. I'm like, you've never even shown any interest in that stuff until recently. Now she's just like, man, you know, there's people out there killing all the time. She's back at the office and people are telling her about it, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. You ever think someone can come in here and just sweet talk you and disappear you? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) She did watch like this, this, this fucking Dirty John. You ever heard of Dirty John? No. Oh. Like a toilet? It's it's like my wife's nightmare, right? Like some dudes, you know, sweeps you off her feet and he's lying to you, right? And steals all of your money. Yeah, yeah. Then he disappears and goes on to the next woman, and like every time you watch one of those stories, like the craziest part about it, and like I find this so interesting because like this dovetails into something I was giving a lot of thought today. Okay, uh. So he like, there's a blog about this guy, right? Okay. So he puts up a blog about this fucking guy and then people like women that have been with him find the blog and they're all fucking trading information and trying to hunt this guy down. Okay. And I was like, man, what are the fucking chances? You know, you'll find the blog. Yeah, yeah, I, like, I mean, like, like for this because you got to snoop because you got to snoop. Women do more snooping because they can't trust men. Yeah, so they do Google people's names and shit and situations. I mean, I would Google a woman's name if I was dating just to see. 
Like, mm-hmm. I want to be surprised. I want to be surprised <laughs> yeah. if she ties me up and has a hatchet. She's like a black widow or something, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. So, anyway, it was like, I was like, what are the fucking odds that I'm dating this dude? And then I go on the internet and I'm like, oh, there's a blog about this dude. Like, how did they find it? Right. But he left so many people in his wake that it was like a thriving community, you know? Yeah. So uh, uh, then I got to thinking about something today that I found that I started looking for in what's it called? In the goddamn website, uh, uh, Reddit is where I ended up at. Okay. But, like, I started wondering if anybody in the whole world has ever hooked up on a missed connection on Craigslist. Right? You know missed connections on Craigslist? Yeah. I always wonder if even one of those worked out. It has to be. So, I went and I Googled it. Yeah. For success stories. And I ended up on a Reddit page. But I can't trust Reddit because everybody there lies. You know, it's like the am I the asshole stuff. It's yeah. like all those stories are fucking lies. I don't, I, I just don't fucking trust it. You know? Uh, so I go on Twitter and I start kind of riffing on that. I say, hey, they should call Reddit lie space and stuff like that because I just saw a bunch, there were so many stories, right? Somebody that follows me that I follow, that I've been talking to on Twitter for years, dated a woman for two months that he met through misconnections. And I was fucking mind blown. Like, I believe him is what I'm saying. I do. I believe it, too. I mean, yeah. if, when you feel the heat with somebody and then you were like, fuck, I totally missed that. You, you just think about it obsessively. And one of one little small thing you can do is check that. Yeah, two people looking at misconnections seems like the most impossible thing that could ever happen. But think about even before that, it was in the newspaper, and I'm sure it was working, that people checked to see if like six weeks ago when they were at the airport and they really hit it off with somebody, if they were thinking about them too. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, that's true. But also with the newspaper, it's even the same thing. Right. But like, but with him, when you meet a stranger, though, you make up in your mind immediately, just based on how attractive they are. You just make up like a whole amazing life you're about to have together, and it's all like <laughs> your brain is just lying to you that they are the best thing in the world, and that yeah, cha- they're going to change you, and you you just imagine all of these wonderful things, and it's just, and then it's all fantasy. Though. So in the chat, Adrian in the chat said some dude tried to find me via misconnections when I sold him a violin for his kid. And their friends saw it and sent it to them. So, wow. That's fucking crazy to me. Because I just try to think of the... Nobody, even in the newspaper... I'll even take the newspaper, which would be a greater chance of somebody seeing it in the newspaper in 1996. Right? Like, Because we're all looking at the newspaper in 1996. Most people don't look at the classifieds, is what I was going to say. But I used to beat off to the uh, uh, escort ads in the uh, classifieds. What? The phone sex ads in the classifieds. So I looked at it. So most people have to look at the classifieds. Not saying most people look at the classifieds for beating off purposes. I'm just saying that, like, I looked at it. So I'm sure other people looked at it, too. I get that. 
Yeah. I, no, I don't. But um, uh, I understand that that was your experience. That sounds. <laughs> however, you connect with this story. Yeah. Yeah. So. I guess most people looked at the classifieds. They should have misconnections in trading times then. Right? When you're getting well, a trading time. They should have on Facebook Marketplace. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, remember hey, I saw you actually come run up and grab that coffee maker and I like was kicking myself for not coming out and talking to you. Yeah. I think <laughs> the only way misconnections works though, in the end, before we get to the calls, I think the real only way that misconnections could ever possibly work is if it was a giant billboard downtown in every city right no like that is the only possible way misconnections could work because then people will see it you know no why people look at billboards you don't need to check it every day because you're not having intense feelings about someone every single day every time you go to the fucking grocery store or the airport or something or every time you have a server that likes you. So you're saying basically you have an intense feeling about a server. And then you're like, maybe server's I'll just a bad, keep... Server's a bad choice. Or whatever. I had an intense feeling about a woman I saw at the Walmart. Or and... talk to. It's usually talk to. I think you have to feel like, damn, I could jump on you right now in the middle of this fruit aisle. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. Now I'm more understanding misconnections. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah, you have to at least have a rapport, I think. I'm sure there's people that just post, like I said, hey, I was, I saw you at Walmart, come meet me. But, I mean, that's not going to work. I guess maybe because in the way that my brain works, it's like I would never walk up to somebody and just talk to them. And then... Uh, uh, yeah, so but, you, me, but you would see someone you like at the grocery store. If you were single, you would see someone you like at the grocery store and you would walk downtown to the big billboard and read all the ads as they scrolled because there's going to be thousands. How many of them? I don't know. Hundreds of them. But you're going to... Maybe 10. I don't know how many are there. How many posts are in there, I wonder? Uh, So yeah, you're going to go check the the feed uh, downtown to see if somebody was like, hey, I saw that guy looking at me from across the room. You were cute. Yeah, I guess, like, my idea for the billboard is that, like, you would just be able to do it from the internet, you know? Like a Craigslist ad or something? Like a Craigslist ad, but it would be in public. Okay, Craigslist is private to you? Is that is that private? Do you have a membership that I don't know about? You have to go to Craigslist, though. Oh, yeah, and that takes a lot of extra gas. Craigslist is just not as easy to go as, like, Twitter. I was saying, I'm trying to get... Man, there are a lot of them, dude. Yeah, man. People fall in love quick. Oh, wait. Never mind. There's not a lot of them. Okay. Um, So three or five a day, you walk six hours, go look at the billboard, see if someone likes you, and then walk six hours home. Easy day. Yeah. Craigslist friend from years ago to the beautiful woman that I met on Craigslist many summers ago. We had some amazingly fun and passionate times together. I hope you see this and get back in touch with me. See, that's See, now that's not working. That's yeah. just creative writing exercise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's never going to work. Uh, and also, but it also probably, there's probably people that answer that and show up and are like, I mean, it's I'm obviously not that woman, but I showed up. So that counts for something, right? Yeah. I get it. 
This damn pandemic has kept you out of dating game for over a year. But, buddy, this is not the place to connect with local babes to chill with. All you're going to get here are BS responses from swindlers pressuring you to join somewhere else. Stop risking your personal information falling into the wrong hands by re- replying to these posts. So, so he's he's there posting like every day, like every time he has a, he feels like he's attracted to someone, he posts there and he's getting mad at all the uh, fakes that respond. Oh, my God. Like. It's an ad, though. This is an ad because at the end it says there is at least one place left that still works for meeting chicks who need to find a connection in quarantine or at least exchange dirty Snapchats. OK, that place is a site named Sinful Snaps. <laughs> Why not reg just Snapchat? <laughs> I don't know. Get I don't know. Yeah, I, it doesn't look like... Oh, here it is. Okay, there we go. Okay, this is a bad one. This is a bad headline. You ordered a large mac and cheese only at Ray Ray's today. <laughs> like, ooh, yeah, I was intrigued. You yeah, caught my yeah. attention. Yeah, this isn't going to work. I need, I need, I need, a, uh, I need a partner that has a strong dairy stomach. Yeah, oh, just his desperation and... And I was about to strike up some conversation, but your order came up too quickly. She's never going to see it. No, she didn't. No, no. He was he was sweating. And yeah, this is not a good one. So, yeah, yeah. That's misconnections. I'm I'm fascinated by him now. I could sit and read misconnections all night. Let's have a street fight misconnections thing. So, yeah, seems like it might be you if you are if you are on your own. Psychic Gasoline said just pay someone to fly around with one of those banners in the sky, and that oh, works. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. That would win her over. So, yeah, I guess. I don't know. I don't think it works. You want to take some calls? Yeah. If you want to call in, we have room. Yep, there's room in the six one four six five five three eight eight seven. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? We're talking to Richard. Hey, Richard. Hey, Richard. I'm a psychoactive Richard on Instagram. You see me around there? Oh, yeah. Can you get closer to your phone? Yeah, I was. Yeah, sorry, my car Bluetooth is kind of jacked up. Yeah, very quiet. Is that better? Is that better? Um, a little, yeah. Yeah, what's up, Richard? Uh, I'll try on the headset. Is that good? Oh, that's great. That's perfecto. Perfect. Now, I was just driving home from work. I was, um, remember, at the, uh, at the, uh, LA show a couple of years back, I gave Brett mushrooms. Oh, yeah. That was awesome. But, <laughs> um, I just want to connect to my Bluetooth. Okay. Yeah. Can you guys hear me? Sorry. Oh, this sounds great. This sounds but, great. Um, okay, perfect. Uh, yeah, it kept kicking me off the call. Yeah, I think there were some troubles but, there, uh, but I think it's stabilized. Right on, right on. I didn't know, um, based on what you guys were just talking about, I didn't know the misconnections was still a thing. I think it's always going to be a thing, to tell you the truth. Like, I, yeah. I I think Craigslist, here's the thing, Richard. Craigslist is a community. Yeah. Like, like, like there's 
Okay, so there's still people on MySpace, and they talk. Really? Oh, there's gotta be right. I don't. I think I made like a music app or something. Well, I'm I'm saying that like online communities don't like die. Like really. Doom. Y- yeah, like Doom, Doom, the the thing. Okay, so yeah, Watch. it's just a music app. It's not a social network anymore. But I'm sure there's people that go to MySpace every day. And um, <clears throat> I also think that like Craigslist is a community that will always be there. I think it's like taking a big hit from Facebook Marketplace because it's just more convenient. And Craigslist is a crummy looking website. Like it just, you go to Craigslist and you're like, what even is this? You know, they're they're not even trying to make improvements. Yeah, it's the flea market. Yeah. If it's broke, if it's not yeah, whatever. I was going to try to say the broke fix it thing, but I couldn't figure out how to. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. So I think misconnections for right, full, uh, but, yeah. creative writing, uh, like I said, and people that want to just be weird and write shit down. Yeah. 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 I, I just figured, though, with like with dating apps, though, people are more like d- disposable to, to to everybody else, you know? Yeah, you know what? They should put... Now, this is a good idea you just came up with, Richard. You put the misconnections on Tinder. Right? Yeah. Right. I think so. That's a big... That, yeah. That's, then, already, that's already what people are there for. Yeah. Because then people would find Tinder. They would go to Tinder. And if you did talk... If it became a thing... Misconnections is... To be totally honest, misconnections is cool. I think. <laughs> okay. Right? Like I think it's a cool <laughs> hope, idea. Hopeless romantic. No, I think it's a really cool idea. Yeah. Right? Like not cool as in like, hey, look at this cool cat, you yes. know? Yeah, Joe cool. Yeah, not not cool like Joe cool. Yeah, no, but cool as in like, oh, that's a good idea, you know? It's a place people go there and if they ran into somebody ordering a large macaroni and cheese, they can, yeah, yep, you know, get a hold of them later or whatever. And, and it's you know, there's just those moments in life when someone's handing you a large macaroni and cheese, and you're like, I want to take a shot on them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All she needed was a large mac and cheese, and I looked at her and I knew she would be my wife someday. That's. That's a, it's an appropriate segue because my job actually is I work in a restaurant. Okay. So you get misconnected a lot? And, um, not, not really. I mean, it's, um, I mean, as a, as a dude, um, it's a little bit different waiting tables, but people, um, I don't know. It would just come off as creepy, I think. Yeah. I think it always, if you're working, the problem with it is, and I'm not a dating kind of guy, like I haven't ever (laughs) really dated as an adult, but like, I think, unfortunately for dudes, you can't really hit on the customers. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's that's fortunate for everybody right. else though i know i know i'm not saying anything but that's that's good i think women you know yeah could probably hit on customers some 
If you're not there with mm-hmm. like your wife or something like that, you're just there alone, I guess. But uh, yeah, you can't hit on customers. I think that is a a, a bad move. Yeah, well, and and the other way too. I mean, you shouldn't hit on your uh, service person either. Yeah, that's bad too because uh, there's a power they differential. They, they can't escape. Yeah. Right. Not right. really. You don't own somebody, but if you fucking told somebody if you're working and somebody was no, treating you right. like a creep and you told him to eat shit, you'd be the one to get spied. Good point. You're right. Yeah. For sure. Right. And uh how is the restaurant biz going right now? You're in are, did you say you're in LA? Uh, I saw you guys in LA. I live down in Long Beach, about 30 miles south of LA. Oh, okay. Okay. So how Uh, is, how is serving currently? It it sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Are people tipping better though? People are tipping better overall. Um, but it's, it's tough because you're in this job that you make pretty good money out here because in California you still make your minimum wage, which is $14 an hour plus your tips. So you make pretty good money, but just it's so stressful during a pandemic. Yeah. It's like one of the worst jobs to have for that reason. Yeah, it is. It is kind of, uh, uh, you, you would think once the tipped minimum wage gets raised to 15, an hour that with tips serving at some restaurants is a good is a good deal right like are you at a uh, um are you at a uniform restaurant or are you at like a white button-up shirt and black pants and one of those uh uh apron restaurants no i work at a diner it, before oh, no. the pandemic it was a 24-hour diner Oh no! Okay, okay. Uh, but we're not open. Yeah, we're not open twenty four hours anymore. So no, we just wear like logo t shirts and pants or whatever, you know. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And you're, and you're doing okay though, money wise. Money wise, I'm okay. But I think I've come to realize though, like money aside, during the pandemic, like you know, it's what we've always suspected is that your management and your owners don't give a shit about you, right? No. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, it's what we all knew, but, but then it's harder when you feel like your, your life and your health is actually at stake here. Yes. Yeah. So they're just going to be like, yeah, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta work. So it's been pretty bad. Like your bosses have been terrible. No, I mean, they're not the worst about it, but it's just that expectations like, hey, when we uh, when we open up during this pandemic, like you're expected to be there. And I'm technically a shift supervisor, which doesn't mean a lot, except I got to count the the money in the register every day, you know, Ugh, um, I hate it but in a, a restaurant like that, I still wait tables. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So it's going like. It's it's going like uh, uh, just regular, but you're just thinking you might want to get out of the biz. 
Yeah, just mostly for the the stress, and I'm you know getting older too. Like I'm 39. Oh, really? When do you so uh, um? Been... When do you think? I mean, what do you think you want to try? Um. Well, I mean, I went to school for like filmmaking and stuff, so I've always been interested in creative stuff. Like, like my friend and I have a podcast, and I just started doing a zine and stuff like that, and um. You know, I have other ideas for things I could do outside of, you know, outside of having a boss. Yeah. Yeah. Having a boss stinks. I just always wonder, like, I always felt like when I was in the kind of position that you're in working at like a regular job that maybe I don't think I'm struggling as much for money. Uh, uh, like, I, I've always said it about the cable company, right? Is like. I kind of felt like I had put myself in a position where there was no other job that would be willing to pay me what I was making there to start out. And that like, right. I was just stuck there. It's like, I can't leave because who's going to pay me more. But the thing is I make more now than I did as a cable guy. And, uh, uh, it ended up paying off that I left doing it. Like, I think people get very paralyzed in that position because it is hard to imagine that somebody's going to hire you, you know, or that you'll be able yeah, to get yeah. work once you're out. But I, I've always found, you know, in my life, especially in regards to money, when my back is up against the wall, that's when I'm at my best. You know, and yes, cheese sandwich in the chat said you got lucky. Yes, I did get very lucky. But uh um but it still is like I always feel like when my back's against the wall, that's when I can find money and stuff like that. If I'm doing okay, I'm just like I don't even care about money. But when I'm broke as shit and I need money, I always figure out a way to get my hands on some. Yeah, my party fund is actually drying up. So this week, while Eric is painting the car, I have to clean out the rest of my shit from uh, the house mm -hmm. and sell all my bicycles mm. and any leftover crap. Because I keep like bringing stuff to my house, putting it all away. My house is full of boxes. Then I clean up all the boxes and then I have to bring more shit over. So, yeah, I'm selling everything I own over the next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. What do you think, like, uh, um, so do you think, like, is there a way to kind of get out and maybe have some money and then, like, like, is there a way for you to get out that would be easy? Is there a way that maybe there's a place, like, if there was another restaurant that you could work at for less hours with less responsibility and still make a decent close to amount of money and then also have more time yeah. for this other stuff. If that makes sense. Yeah. Well, it's not even like, you know, it, I mean, it's partly about that, but it's like, you know, but the job is pretty chill. Like, you know, the job itself doesn't stress me out. It's just the conditions that we're in right now. Yeah. Um, and they're cool enough that if I asked, like, can I work less hours, they would allow me to do that. True. True. That is a good point. I mean, it seems like you're doing um, well. But it's just, but you want to like, you know, what's that? It seems like you're doing pretty well. It seems like you're in a pretty good position, but I also get what you're saying. 
Like I, I totally, I'm not working like a real job. I, I do have live shows coming up and I have like some anxiety around that. And, um, right. I think that like, if I was out there right now, you know, doing the cable job and stuff like that, I don't even know. I don't know how well I would even be able to handle it because it just seems like every, it, I, I guess like when it feels like every time you go to work, it's a risky situation. That's when you have to like that. That's when you probably do start trying to figure out what, what you're going to do. Yeah. And that's kind of where I'm at right now. It's like, I, you know, I'll keep making decent money until the other stuff kicks in, but it's just that transition time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, that's something I don't talk about very much, but that transition time for me was eight years. So, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. That is, uh, uh, my, I didn't start making good money until like two or three years ago. Uh, uh, so right. yeah, that transition time, I mean, it can be shorter, but, uh, you know, I worked, a, I, I did a lot of shitty gig economy stuff and a lot of like, uh, going to college and taking out more loans than I needed. <laughs> so oh, nice. yeah, I am a, uh, not a responsible man. Well, Richard, I think, I think if you feel unsafe at work, I don't, I don't know. I mean, if you like the place you're at, but you don't feel safe, uh, an N95 mask, I think, <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Will probably protect yeah. you enough that you're probably not going to get sick, you know? But uh, I also understand just being like, I, I don't know. I don't want to do it. Yeah. Well, it's also, yeah, probably leftover feelings, too, from when it was really unsafe, like, you know, before we were vaccinated and everything, too, and how they kind of, like, thought of workers as semi-disposable, you know? How much time did you have off at the beginning of the pandemic? Um, A couple months, and then I went back for a little bit, and then I ended up having, like, almost six months off at one point oh, that kicked ass didn't it? before they before they're able to open again they're a little stricter here in california yeah that's true that's true well richard good luck i hope it all works out and wear an n95 mask and i think you'll be if you're vaxxed right. and you're wearing an n95 mask i think you're perfectly safe not a hundred percent but you're pretty pre i mean you got you know the 95 percent effectiveness of the shot Plus the yeah. effectiveness of the mask. I think you'll be you'll you'll be pretty safe. Yeah, it's not gonna kill you. Right, right. You only get a teeny tiny little bit in there and it'll give you a tickle in your throat and you won't even know you have it. But uh thanks for calling, Richard. Yeah. All right, thank you. Have a keen evening. Right now? Righteous. You do the same. Have righteous bucks. I don't know. I mean I don't uh, I I am I really do my my kind of my heart goes out to people who are doing retail and stuff like that, especially I mean, you know, you can have fears about the virus, even like it's possible to have fears no matter what you tell yourself. 
how safe you are. I mean, as I've said before, it's like, well, you have to, there is the thing where you could take it home to somebody, which I'm very not at high risk for because everybody I live with right. has the vaccine right. right, and is wearing masks. So I, I just think that like, I still get nervous thinking about getting it for some reason. Really? Even, yeah. It's weird, man. Like, there was that little short period where you didn't have to wear a mask anymore, and I felt great. Yeah. But now I do, again, feel like all the air is dirty now because of this Delta thing. And I'm trying to be normal, but I'm just like, oh, the air, it's fucking dirty. Yeah, but it doesn't pose the same risk. You have to do, I know. To do I a know. risk assessment on that. I know. I know. That's true. That is a goddamn good point. But it is just one of those things where you think and like your your brain isn't dealing with things in the right way, I guess, is what I'm saying. Like, I'm trying to learn how to teach myself how to be a normal fucking person. Mm-hmm. But uh, not good at it. Yeah. Let's take another call. Next call. See what these callers are up to. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey, this is E.T. in uh, Portland. Great what? People's Republic of Portland. What's up, E.T.? Extraterrestrial? Yeah. What's up, E.T.? Portland is the, you know, the, the conservatives hate Portland. So you're probably part of the problem yeah, if you're listening well, to this sure. show. <laughs> yeah, you bet. Um. I mean, I guess I'm a transplant from Chapo. You know, just they sent people over your way, so there, there we go. Nice. And um, I appreciate all the, I appreciate all the stories you get told that never get told about just people who don't fit into the, to the big story that, you know, you know how it goes. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, I got two things kind of. Um, oh, a dog. There's a dog. <laughs> Let me walk over here. Yeah, this is a demon or something. Your dog's hot under right. the collar over there. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. But yeah, like two things, uh, a job thing, and then like kind of a, a music question about Columbus. Uh, but I guess I got to mention off the top, because I did one tour in Afghanistan, that uh, it turns out Wallace Shawn in Princess Pride was exactly correct. Uh, greatest blunder to start a land war in Asia. You know, I said it 100% right there. You know what's interesting about it? It's like, the people that do the political punditry in in this country in this world stinks so bad that like uh every yeah. single person should just be saying like no more wars. Like we lose all of them. Yeah, of course. We lose yeah. every war. We haven't won one since Vietnam. And we think we lost that one. Yeah. Oh, no. Since before Vietnam, here's the other thing. When even when you lose a war, you kill a shitload of people. So it's just not worth it. Yeah. Yeah. It's really it's really depressing. You would really like to see some people have some kind like more like you see the political pundits and. The New York Times people and stuff like that. And they're all just like, well, they just didn't do the war right. And it's like, no, this is what war is. This is what happens when you yeah. go to war. 
<laughs> so yeah, it's been. No, exactly. I, I've been. Um, I've been kind of paying attention to it, but also there's a sense of hopelessness and um, yeah. just an altogether like in in uh, in my mind, like I don't know what's going on. I'm very ignorant, and uh, I just I see it, and I just am like that. Just feels like it was a wasted twenty years. For yeah. a bunch of people died yeah. for no fucking reason. Well, hey, we came up short. We didn't quite make 20. The full 20 would have been October. So, you know, sucks for us, I guess. <laughs> uh, but no, even though even though you don't, you know, you just admit you're not an expert, you have the correct analysis and opinion right there. Even a lot of the lower enlisted guys when I was there, they knew decades ago this is never going to work. This is ne we're never going to make a democracy work here. And then they go on, you know, trying to make the best of it, try not to get killed, try not to get somebody next to him killed, that kind of stuff. And yeah, the punditry is just, well, they're awful. And then even worse, the people who started these goddamn wars, they're just the, uh, the most hellish and awful monsters of all time. And uh, I don't know, I can't think of a fate terrible enough for them, I guess, because they just create these hell. I mean, there's tons of people whose lives are just going to be wrecked yeah, because I, of what's happening in addition to what already was happening. Uh, so it's just terrible. It's just, yeah, it fucking uh, sucks, man. And, and you know, the next time this, yeah, I, yeah. You, you hope that the next time this comes around that people are smart enough to be like, no, no, no more of these. But then you're just like all that well, happens. All that has to happen is something 9-11-like, and then people get all excited and they want to do it again. Yeah. Nah, not even even that. Like, the, the pushback against going into Iraq was really substantial. It was huge, but we know that popular power is, well, it's, it doesn't really count when it's just an opinion anyway. It doesn't really do much. Very yeah. sad. Uh, That's but, a yeah. good point. I feel like, yeah, the vast majority of people, the vast majority of people, they get it. They just don't have any power or influence within the current system. So that's, that yeah. sucks for us. Yeah. I guess, but, uh, but yeah, uh, what's up? The job thing. Um, so this is kind of strange. Yeah. I mean, I got out of the, the army, you know, just over five years ago. We're doing good. Wife's a, uh, an RN. So she's pulling in, you know, a, a decent amount of money. We're able to get by on one income. Great. And I did a bunch of volunteering, uh, you know, I did, did, drove to the Bernie campaigns a little bit each time and then did some stuff here locally, like get, get some progressive candidates, you know, try to find some radical candidates, get them into local office, mm. ballot measures to get money out of politics, stuff like that. So I did that for a couple of years. I probably quit a little over two years ago before COVID. I kind of faded because I finally realized like the difference between me and progressives, like there's actually a pretty substantial difference between people who really want change and those who kind of want to just, you know, they went to college, they know how to work the system so they can try to work it from like insider politics. Yeah. So I kind of broke away from that crowd and, uh, I got a message from somebody, uh, somebody in that group had, had died. So they put a little memorial together and somebody remembered to text me. So I went there and I saw these old faces, you know, it was good to see these folks again. They're all super well-meaning, generally liberal types for the right. most part. 
And uh, I talked to this old head, this guy's like pushing 80, who's been doing progressive type stuff forever, about uh, my differences, like why I wasn't in the group. And I wrote him this note with some some quotes and explaining like why I don't really fit with progressivism. Yeah. And what the response I got, because we had some good conversations before we worked together on a few things. So we had a, a good rapport. He sent me this response like, you know what? I'm starting a new newsroom. We're going to set up a new newspaper slash TV channel on Comcast here in Portland. And I need someone just like you to, to work for this newsroom. You know, you'll pick a beat. You'll be a reporter. You, we can pay you probably 60K a year what? to work a professional job. Shit. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, that's unusual. But the real problem is I can, I can almost, I can't believe there's any chance, it's impossible, that my politics are actually compatible with what they're trying to do. They're trying to do, like, let's call it what it is. They want, they're still, like, the liberals, college-educated crowd. They're going to be sanctimonious smug, smug people. That's what they are I at, wonder, at the end of the day. I wonder, though, if, I wonder, though, if, like, I mean, I feel like I could talk to those people. I feel like I could be in the same publication as people that are like that. And my hook is that I'm not them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you treat them with respect, but they, they're the ones they're claiming what they're going to claim is they can do nonpartisan, like kind of, you know, basically objective politics is what they're shooting for. They're centrists. really, when you boil it down and I know that that's bullshit you can't say you don't have politics. It's not real. It's, you know, one of the lessons learned in these past so many years is that they do have a political agenda and they're really just aiming for the college educated crowd in their business plan. It says, uh, uh, given the education level of residents in city of Portland, the audience for deep and thoughtful news coverage is college educated adults with higher incomes of both genders and this discerning urban audience in Portland is interested in solving the city's problems, homelessness, climate change, racial equity, educational parity, healthcare coverage, high cost college education, affordable housing, and unemployment. And so, I read that and I'm like, solution. Oh, what do you think? Tell me. Well, what I think is that like, <clears throat> they're hiring a reporter and they told you to find a beat and it's, it's pretty good money. And you can re yeah, it's all right. you can report on things like it, you can report on stuff that I mean, look, you can report on the kind of stuff me and Brett talk about on this show in there, and it would. To, I know. I mean, I, to those a late, like a proper labor feat. Yeah, to those uh, people on that, yeah. to those people that are running this thing, it'll look nonpartisan, but like. You could never listen to this show and think that me and Brett aren't like pro union or anything like that. Like there is all kinds yeah. of ways. You just have to be creative about how you word things. And I think that could, I think something like that could work as in you can do like, you can do the stuff where you, in, where you do, um, you can do the kind of thing where you report on, let's say you report on homelessness and you tell the stories of people who are on the streets. Like that, 
you're not even we got we actually even, got that we yeah. got a great paper called street roots here in portland that does just that but you don't have to you uh, don't have to propose i don't think you have to propose solutions yeah. necessarily outright i think you can be a journalist and you can write about labor and you can talk about when you interview people for pieces, you interview union leaders, when you interview, you know what I mean? Like you can steer the reporting in a left direction without necessarily saying it. I think you should take this job. The I chat think, also I feels that way. I, I, cool. Yeah, I mean, I almost feel like in a lot of ways, it's much easier in a sense to work in a, in a workplace where the exploitation is kind of just on its face where, the, where the, the business is just there to make money, and they're not making a lot of bones other than that. But these people are the special ones. They believe they can really do good with their fine works in the world. And that's, they're, they're a special ideology, I'm realizing. Like, they are super invested. Even if their shit fails, they will convince themselves that they're a success. Uh, I, I looked it up. The managing editor is going to be a woman from Yale who's worked at NPR, stuff like that. This other guy's like a Democratic Party strategist for a long time who's going to run like the media side. So I'm just like foreseeing like that it's going to go bust when they realize I'm not really trying to I'm not trying to flatter people like them. It's just college educated. If you want to boil it down, their audience they want to hit is the college educated crowd. Yeah. And I know that college educated crowd is trying to make it in the world. You know, that that's not to a person. A lot of people went to college and, you know, that's not condemning anybody I mean, flat out, but it feels the, like the overall yeah, audience is. There's zero risk. Like you're already all living on one income. Just take it and see what you can do and yeah. fucking ruffle feathers and fuck it up. Yeah. That's what I would do. And also on the other end of that, I mean, me and Brett talk yeah. to a mostly college edu educated crowd too. Like a lot of the people we talk to are, are went to school and stuff like that. We're not talking to roofers, uh, but you no, could. I know. I think, uh, I think I'm listening to a lot of, a lot of Matt Christman who like does this big deal about, you know, the college educated crowd kind of being this political block or something. I yeah. Think, but I you, think I'm pulling from that. You could tell those, you could report on, like I said, if you do a labor beat, if you do the same beat me and Brett do in a way, then you would be telling the people that need to hear it the most what is going on yeah, I know. in the workplace. Yeah, I mean, I, don't, I, I think they don't want to hear it, but you could try to tell them anyway. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know anybody, practically zero Whoever coverages cover stuff about wage theft. Yeah, it sounds I'm like you just like a, when I learned. I don't know. You're the one being cynical and assuming like the worst of these people and not giving a shot to see if they really <laughs> open their mind. You know, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I know. I guess I just got tired of them like always capitulating and never really pushing for change. Yeah. Over these past couple of years. Well, then leave them that's alone. Fun. I mean, it was probably fun. nice to meet up with them, but if you want to take a new path in your life, leave it alone. Yeah. Well, anyway, no, I appreciate that. Um, and then the fun thing. I mean, but like, uh, if I got I, something, dog, out of nowhere, if you went into a newspaper haphazardly tried to put a bunch of crazy radical stuff for two weeks and got one paycheck that then you could blow on like one fucking party, like, how tight yeah, would that exactly. be? <laughs> I know, I know. When they can sniff out my disdain for people who are like, y'all are a bunch of elites. I'm just, you know, they can smell it out. Like, yeah. But it is what it is. 
I'm just like them, man. That's why they can hire me. I'm like, you know, I kind of come from the same professional background to a, to a certain extent. So they can see I'm one of them, kind of. Yeah. Anyway, it's weird. But uh, the fun thing, an old, an old reference from, or like the early internet, one of the first like meme type things I ran across. I'm curious if you ever heard about it. Does the name Drew Fairweather mean anything to y'all? He was just on the show two weeks ago. Or maybe a month ago. Holy shit. Yeah. Oh, see, I don't listen to you guys regularly enough. So He's I'm our buddy. Curious, yeah, all the music talk. You ever heard? You ever heard this project he did, Compressor? You must yeah. have heard of it, obviously. Yeah, yeah, he's Very our popular. buddy. Yeah, he right, co-hosts. Yeah, you should have called him back like two yeah. weeks ago. He co-hosted the call-in uh, show like three weeks ago with me. Yeah, we go to his house and stuff. He hangs with our fam. We Ooh, hang with I his just, family. He's a sweet guy. Those songs, those songs he made early on were just a riot because years ago when I was a little guy, we lived in Germany, so like German industrial techno. These amazing like kind of i don't know uh, but yeah i just haven't heard anyone mention compressor on any show any podcast ever so i was just wondering if it if it made a dent and obviously he did he did so he's yep, he's a sweet guy heart. he's a brilliant guy we love him nice. well, hey, it's th- for thanks for calling in we appreciate it all right yeah thank you for calling good time take care bye peace let's take another one and take a break okay a brick a break Thanks. I gotta take a piss. I do too. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hello. Hello. You're very quiet. You guys Hello. crank it up or get closer uh, to the phone, buddy. Oh, hold on. Let me let me turn off my Bluetooth. Good. Good. Yeah. yeah. This Bluetooth is. Is this better? Yeah. Yes. This is great. I'm gonna turn into Howard Stern one of these weeks. What kind of goddamn phone are you calling on? What are you underwater? What are you driving? <laughs> Hey, hey, hey. These headphones are eight months old. Sorry, ten months old. I'm trying to make it to a year. They're hanging in there. What kind? uh, This is Tristan. What kind, Tristan? Uh, It is a $20 pair of Skullcandy headphones. You know what? I'm going to tell you something, and it's no bullshit. I have AirPods, the actual brand Mm -hmm. AirPods, Apple brand, and they fucking suck shit. So, just, so if you have had something that lasts a year, uh, uh, I got to tell you, you got to stick with it. No, yeah, like I feel like it's every like third or fourth pair I buy, they'll last for damn near about a year if I'm not too reckless with them. But totally endorse Skull Candy, please. Yeah, anyone y- you know why I can't do headphones. it. You know why I can't do it though. I hate. What's that? I absolutely fucking hate those rubber condom things that you have to shove way in your ear. That's why I use the only Apple ones because, and I'm sure they're going to quit fucking making them because I see that they have the (laughs) ear condoms that you have to shove all the way into your fucking ear canal on the pros. But like I, they're the only ones I feel like they fit in my ears. It just is terrible. Now, I get that because they definitely have like that ergonomic design that's supposed to be one size fits all, but that should just always hurt my ear. That's why I went for the ear condoms. It, it could definitely form to my canal better. Jeez. I don't know how people do it. I, I really, I, I was looking at, I was looking at different new kinds of earbuds for 
for if I have to buy a new pair because the the AirPods I have are kind of crummy right now and uh, mm-hmm. gross and um, just packed with earwax, so they sound like really quiet. You can do something about that. I try. You're um, before it gets packed. What? How? Wipe it with like a uh, alcohol swabs once a week or something. Gross. Crungly. There's crungly in there. There's chungus in there. It's very gross. Yeah. Cost Porta Pros. Okay, I'm looking those up. And and I'm also gonna look for sures. But I gotta say, these these AirPods are the only things that fit in your ear right. They're the only kinds that are built for an ear. Just to hang off the edge of it though, right? Well, I'm happy you have the Apple approved ears, but I did not come with that model. I'm sure a lot of people did. <laughs> All right, Tristan, what's up? I know you didn't call for air. I I had originally planned to call in with a small business tyrant story where I got fired for trying to organize at work last year, but I just went to a gun show yesterday and uh, I thought I'd give everyone a little uh, right wing check in, see, see how the culture's doing there with uh, them being terrified of Biden, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Okay. Let's hear it. That sounds great, uh, actually. We were stuck in this weird position where, you know, due to various uh, tax situations, my mom, who I live with, hadn't gotten any of her stimulus, hadn't gotten her tax return for however long. We just got it recently, so we figured, oh, fuck it. Gun shows in town. We got to get out there. Now, this is maybe a 30-minute drive from Philly uh, via the turnpike. So we were really expecting just like conservative hunting crowd. We went to the Poconos last year to do like a COVID safe vacation. And that was all we saw up by that way. But uh, I was actually pretty surprised to see the diversity there. Uh, Something I didn't expect that we saw a lot of was a lot of people coming in from the city, obviously for self-defense means, as you can imagine. But uh, a more interesting one we saw, there was a lot of uh, Muslim women in like full uh, niqab, I think it is. Mm-hmm. who were there to buy their own guns, which I thought was interesting and I did appreciate. But uh, beyond that, the entire place had a real, like, oozing feel of fear and hatred. Like, I, I kept listening to little bits of conversation people were having. Uh, I heard some guy walking by us. He's like, oh, yada, yada, COVID, bullshit. And now they're talking about fake hurricanes. So that might be a conspiracy theory to keep an eye out on. Oh, weather uh, fixing? We do have that? a little bit of... I, fuck, I mean, maybe you could trace it back to the, the bullshit Sharpie <laughs> projection Trump did. Whatever uh, hurricane season that was. I don't remember that one. But uh, we also had a little bit of local flavor. Here in Ben Salem, we have a store that is just the Trump store. And they had a, uh, a stand where is that? Up Wait, there. where? It's all your typical uh, Ben Salem, PA. There's a Trump store. They, they it's called in, the in, Trump store. They just sell Trump merch. They had one in Joshua Tree too. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, okay. I mean, do they have like? Yeah. Do have you been in? I haven't, but you know, I got a little sampling of their merchandise when I was at the gun show there. They had a lot of fuck Biden hats. Of course, uh, 
bleeped out because they're good Christians. They can't curse. Yeah, they had a border wall construction company. They had a, a Trump bobblehead. All, all, all your favorite classics there. I think here's here's something. This might be here. Here you go, Brett. The the border wall construction company sign might be the new terrorist hunting permit. Remember uh, how that thing was? Oh, like, I did see those as well. Yeah, that blew I, my mind seeing those. Yeah, those have to be done. I mean. These people, these fucking people never, like, move on to the next thing, you know? They're still doing a terrorist hunting permit, and they're the fucking terrorists now. <laughs> they celebrate history. They do. <laughs> they do. The Trump yeah, uh, store. Speaking more to that, where I did see the, uh, the terrorist hunting permits, it was, like, a big uh, bunch of... Basically how you'd see like a t-shirt or like calendars pop-ups in the middle of a mall. It was all like 30s to 50s uh, war movies, just totally massaging their ego about how America is. Nice. And then they had all those good fucking cosplay patches on the inside. <laughs> they had one that just said Islamophobic. They had a bunch Fuck. of epic bacon patches to stick onto your, uh, your tactical vest. Why would you? I, uh, I think one of Islamophobic is such a that really is like buying a a thing that says racist. You like you might as yeah, well buy no, a patch that just says racist on it. Which I mean, in, who knows? A few years they probably will be. Yeah. Yeah. No that that was the most intense expression I saw there for sure, and it, I thought it was very telling that it was the most like caged in and like you had to go searching for this yeah but, uh, beyond that they had they had a sticker it was probably my my like my second favorite thing it was a uh, it was just a meme printed out on a sticker fuck yeah. it was an old picture of abraham lincoln impact font with the black outline and everything all it said was i haven't seen democrats this mad since i took their slaves away Damn. <laughs> that's a good one dunk yeah, that is a huge dunk, I think. But like also I did I did really almost want to buy it, but I didn't want to get them anybody. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's hard to do. I mean these gotta, gotta swipe that. The the these people I mean you could really I think you could make a huge amount of money just selling them memes. T shirts with memes on oh, them. Oh, for sure. Stickers with memes on them. Fucking signs to put outside in their workshop with memes on them and just yeah. only do memes. A new app that uh, you can just uh, mess upload memes and they print them out and mail them to you like once a month. So yeah. that way you don't have to fight with the printer anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. Was, I was really, I was almost surprised there wasn't some like left wing grifter there who had like more comical patches and shit. What because, about like there, there is a lot of, uh, no, I'm sorry. What was I, that? I have an idea. And hear me out here. What about meme box? Okay. And what you do is you go and you find all the most epic conservative memes on the internet every month. And then for $90 a month, I'll shove them in an envelope and mail them to you. Maybe put some of them on a beer koozie. <laughs> maybe put some of them on <laughs> yeah. like whatever the cheapest shit that you can print up. <laughs> You can send those to people, just a box, 
Yeah. It's like a subscription box. Because they love their memes to be like out there in the real world. They don't like a digital meme. Yeah, yeah. It's not real enough. No. Uh, one last great patch I saw. It was, you know, the classic Punisher logo. But now they are putting Trump's hair on top of it. Oh, oh man, I've seen that's that a dumb one. Bin, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I saw a guy with the Punisher logo in his garage next to his punching bag. And I was just like wondering what he thinks while he's punching that punching bag by his Punisher logo. He's thinking, I hate police. Yeah, no, he's punching that thing. And all he's doing is just being like, I, f- I fucking feel so strong. If somebody ever killed my family, I, I'd go fucking catch them and, and I'd kill them all. You know, like that's his whole thing, I'm sure. But, yeah, I mean, it sounds like, listen, I would have gone to a gun show to see some stuff like that. I should go to the next gun show because there is something about, like, immersing yourself in their world for a few hours that uh, uh, really makes you come out knowing how goofy they are. (laughs) Oh, yeah, absolutely. Just the sheer amount of cosplay that was on display. And it was really interesting to see the vendors who were just the straight-up nerds who would just sit there and just on their phone the entire time and wait for you to say something to them, and then the people that were there to actually sell stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. Just to anyone who is interested in this, you know, if you're uh, thinking about buying a gun, giving the current state of the world, I think going to a gun show and seeing how terrified these people are and what they are ready and willing to do will convince you to leave uh with a gun (laughs) and how easy they are to rip off you always got to remember how easy those people are to rip off (laughs) they're buying memes oh absolutely exactly that's what like it'd be so easy to just tap into their ideology and their hatred and fear and fucking take advantage of that like there was just philly socks there because everyone loves socks but you you could definitely make a way bigger profit margin off of that shit. Yeah, for sure. Well, Tristan, thanks for calling. Appreciate it. We're going to go take our break. Wait, uh, Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, uh, I have a bit of advice for everyone. I did used to be an exterminator for four years. So I wanted to give everyone a little bit of advice on bed bug treatment. If they ever have to deal with that in the future. I know we used to rip off people constantly about that. But, uh, if you go to Amazon, you can get a, a, uh, crossfire chemical for that's 13 ounces it's 46 dollars probably a little over 50 if you know shipping and everything and then like a one gallon pump sprayer from home depot and you can do a bed bug treatment with just that nice all right that is all a good right. deal there you know new york people you just got some free advice yeah thanks for calling we, we minimum price we ever charge yeah have, have a good one guys we'll you see you too. after the break Peace. i'll, I'll keep you listening too. all right Break time. Thanks for calling. Time for a break. We'll be back. Uh, this week we've got music from Corinne. Um, Morgie and Trey from the band listened to the show and invited us out uh, to go see it live. I had an amazing time, danced a hole in the bottom of my shoes, and I uh, really love the music. I listen to it regularly. So check them out, Corinne, K-O-R-I-N-E, or maybe it's Corinne. Um, I think that you should be able to say a band's name however you want. So that's just how it is. We'll be back after the break to take the rest of the calls. We're Street Fight on WCRS LP FM. Peace.
everybody, welcome back to Street Fight Radio. We are here in the studio taking your calls. Uh, we've got, we'll get the rest of the queue. If you're waiting, we'll get to you. Uh, you can follow us on the internet. We're Street Fight WCRS on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. And then on Twitch, we're Street Fight Radio. If you want to watch us do live streams Wednesday and Sunday nights, uh, we have a, some exciting things in the works too. <laughs> And we'll be doing the last Dungeons and Dragons stream this month and announcing the new live once a month live stream event for next month. So stay tuned, Street Fight Radio. If you want to support what we do, uh, head to patreon.com slash streetfightradio where you can get access to all of our bonus content, including Shocktober, uh, 100 Million Tons of Steel, Buttfest, Marvel Cinema, or wait, not Marvel. Movies. Movie cinematic universe right now. Yeah. All right. And we're still doing that uh, fundraiser for the Hopi Tutsqua Permaculture Institute. Head to store.streetfightradio.com. Get exclusive stickers and patches for your donation. We're going to put an impressive, expensive paint job on a piece of shit car because that's how we do Street Fight. Uh, so thanks for all of you that have uh, donated so far and stay tuned. For Instagram and other bonus content, uh, we'll be raising some money throughout the week. Yes, we will. You ready to take some cows? Let's take them. Thank you for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to? Hey, uh, this is Fox in LA. What's up? What's up, Fox? Um, so I work in film and TV, and like the last two years, I've had a good job where like get benefits i'm taking care of and everything but for the 10 years before that i was freelancing and it was always like 12 to 20 hour days Whoa. like i've even worked a 24 hour day before um and it's just like a crazy thing that i think happens with a lot of freelancers that uh i don't know i just like looking back i see like all these bosses that just manipulate people on their relationships and like creative desires to get them to like stick around for 20 hours making a movie nobody's gonna watch yeah <laughs> yeah it's probably not worth it <laughs> 12 to but 24 hours if you have nothing to do though i mean if you're up again if you're if you're struggling and you know you will get money if you work more hours you just have to do it yeah well i feel like when i, I i'm dumb enough that i have two film degrees and i was gonna say that uh you kind of get indoctrinated with this idea when you go after a career in film or TV that you have to work hard and it's super competitive and like all that's true. But in the meantime, you just start saying yes to everything because you think you're just going to get like blacklisted from like your working, your freelancer click. Okay. Um, if you're like, no, I'm not going to work for that client. They like pull 18 hour days or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of fields are like that. Like they just, it's a good job. So you like, you hear that a lot about the uh, nonprofit sector where they'll like keep you working. Crazy oh man. Hours the and the shit. only people. So I've, I've done a lot of camera work in the documentary world. And I feel like the nonprofit sector has people like even sketchier than reality TV does. Yeah. I mean, that's what we've always In terms heard. of just trying to like ma manipulate you based on social capital. Oh, yeah. And it's not even really social capital as much as it is like you're doing you feel like you're doing the right thing. 
So they're like, hey, don't you want to do a lot of the right thing? Like 20 hours a day of the right thing? Yeah, and then anytime you question it, it's like, I thought you cared about the right thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a way easier... That yeah, it seems like you can really, really press people if you're working in one of those fields, you know, uh, especially like you said, the film and television, it just feels like they can get anything they want out of people because everybody is like really desperate to be involved with it. Yeah, and I feel like all the tasks that you do are so compartmentalized. It's really hard to accrue the knowledge, experience and relationships to move up. You know, like the whole time, like I was, I was like struggling my first 10 years out here. I'd always have people tell me like, once you've been here like 10 or 15 years, all of a sudden, like you'll know enough people that you just get a job. And that's kind of what happened to me. But, you know, I, a lot of people aren't as lucky. And for a long time, I wasn't so lucky. Yeah. Are you trying to get out of it or are you just, just venting um well the show i the show i work on only has one more year left and i'm trying to figure out like what i'm going to do next because i'm freelance doing a bunch of things like i've done like grip and lighting on movies i've done camera work on documentaries and reality shows have you ever been a best uh, boy tons of other video stuff (laughs) i've been a best boy quite a bit what what is a best boy now we now me and brett are are perked up yeah so that's actually the job that I've done most in the past decade. It's uh, the number two person in either the electric, also known as set lighting department, or the grip department. So you basically have like the manager of the department is for the electrics, it's the gaffer or chief lighting designer is what they're called. And then for the grips, it's the key grip. And so there's a best boy electric who's like the assistant manager to the gaffer. And then there's the best boy grip who's the assistant manager to the key grip. Oh. And you basically keep track of all of, uh, for either position, you keep track of all the equipment that your department uses and you do all the paperwork for all the, uh, the folks in your department with you. Um, so in here's, and, here's a little uh, bit the of, best boy electric. here's a little bit of behind the scenes for street fight. I'm actually the best boy here. And that's just from being a, a good boy. Well, I feel like your cable experience actually perfectly sets you up for what I was going to say is the main function of the best boy, which is running electricity from the generator to set or from the electrical hookup. So it's running cable. Yeah, I was a little nervous about electricity, though, when I was doing it. When I was working for the cable company, it's like, oh yeah, I don't want nothing to do with that electricity. I got shocked one time because uh, there were 90 volts running through it if they had telephone service. And my dumb fuck ass, you're supposed to disconnect it, right? And then plug it in and then connect it back up. And I was like, that's going to take fucking forever. You know what I mean? Like, that's going to take, I got to climb the ladder, disconnect it, come down, reconnect it, and then climb back up the ladder. I was like, how bad can it be? I'll just screw it right in there real quick without disconnecting it. And uh, boy, did it get me. Ooh, buddy. You see your skeleton? Yeah. No, but it it was so, it was a lot. I can say that. It's like the whole rest of the day, I thought I was dying. I thought my heart was fucked. That wasn't yeah, because it, of it. Was though. your your heart running real fast for like four or five hours after? 
Yeah, it was crazy. And I could taste it in my mouth, too. It's the only time I've ever... I've been shocked yeah. twice. Uh, my brother, Jason, who who just left, actually, but he used to take a paper clip and stick it in a light socket and then flip the switch in the bedroom and fire would shoot up. Like, it would go... And fire would shoot out. Ooh. I thought it was hilarious that he did it. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't know how he did it, but I was like, had some friends over and I was like, yo, check out what I could do. Cause I wanted to show them the trick. Yeah. Right. I stuck the paper clip in and it was, just, <laughs> and I was like, Oh, that wasn't a good decision. <laughs> That's the, that must not be how he does it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Taking voltage is not cool. I'm going to tell, Hey kids out there yeah, so thinking about taking some voltage. It's not cool i was gonna say a best boy failing at his job on the last indie movie i worked i got shocked really bad that actually like i think partially led to me developing fibromyalgia now but it's an indie movie so there's not really like anything you can do about it or any sort of recompense so like this there's a plastic cap on like the there's this thing called a ballast that regulates the power to a light on a movie set and the plastic cap was missing on this like shitty old piece of gear and so the fuse was exposed, and the knuckle from the metal stand uh, was touching it in a room that had a leaky roof while it was raining. And I didn't see that this cap was missing, because you would never send something off the truck with this cap missing. And I grabbed this stand, and the whole thing's charged. My whole body seizes up, and it throws me like 15 feet. I end up getting this giant bruise all across the right side of my body, and my like heart was racing for like six hours after. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah, it sort of felt like like my heart was in my mouth for the rest of the day when I took the 90 volts. It was crazy, man. It, that It was so stupid, too. Like, every single person, uh, every single person that I worked with told me, it's not... I know it looks like it would be easier just to plug it back in. Yeah. <laughs> You know, but don't do it. <laughs> and the second I was faced with the decision of whether or not I should plug it back in, I did it. And I think everybody that worked there did it at least once. Sure. Because you see it and it it's again, you, okay, now I got a clock. So you, I would have to take the ladder up. I would have to go up. I'd have to unplug it at the box and then go up and climb the ladder and unplug it there and then plug it back in at the box after it's unplugged up there. And then I'd have to go back up there and plug it in. That's so much back and forth. You know, this is like, I got to climb yeah. a ladder. I yeah. Do that's, this. that's a lot of what being an electrician on movie sets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're like, I don't want to go back and forth. I think I can handle 90 volts. How bad can 90 volts be? I think was really, I thought 90 volts was like getting zapped when you, with the laundry, when you're doing the laundry, you get a little yeah. static shock. And yeah. I was like, man, I'm tough as oh, fuck. Oh no, it's a lot more than that. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I'm tough as fuck though. You know? So like I can handle it and I wasn't very tough. I'm thinking 10 times the battery on the tongue. Is that what it is? I mean, that's a nine volt. Yeah. Yeah. 90 volts. Yeah. 10 times that. You ever do the battery on the tongue? Brett, of course. I never uh, done I, it. I don't think I have. Yeah, I don't think I've ever done that. 
Could could you hook ten of them up in a series and then give your ninety yourself ninety volts to the tongue? You know what? I'd do it. I've taken ninety volts once. I can do it again. <laughs> you know, for fifty thousand dollars, I'd take ninety volts again. That's that's my no. I'm I'm gonna be honest. For a thousand dollars, I'd take ninety volts again. <laughs> Well, at least you know yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, being the best boy sounds fun. I kind of want to be the best boy now. If you not do that. just to be in, uh, in the uh, to be in the credits as the best boy. Look, it's the ten, best boy. Ten years no, of working 20-hour days. It is fun because, like, if you're working on a good production, usually they're 10 to 12 hour days. It's just a lot of the indie films and like web videos and stuff like that. It all runs like, uh, that's what runs into like the 14 to 24 hour days. Oh yeah. So, like I work on like a union talk show and we, and we have like eight to 10 hour days. Is so it slow though? Can I, is it, is it like, do you, are you like busting ass for this whole time or is there a lot of standing around? So it depends on the type of show. Like I, uh, if you're working on a movie that has like a two month schedule, like usually you're shooting like one or two scenes a day and like you can take your time and do it really nicely. But I was working on a lot of made for TV movie, like straight to streaming, like, uh, like lifetime movies. And those shoot the whole movie in two weeks. So in like 12 to 14 days. Wow. So like those are like 14 hours every day. And you are busting ass pretty consistently. I always wondered that because you hear so much about people being like, you hear so much about like the celebrities being like, yeah, it's mostly just sitting around. And then you go in and you do the thing for 15 minutes and you go sit around again. So I wondered if while they're doing the thing, if you're just chilling. You know, it's really crazy, and I think this goes back to, like, and I, I'm not a union or guild member, so, like, I don't really know, like, the actual policies or history, but just my impression is that there's this big, like, alienation between, like, cast and crew. Like, that 24-hour day I mentioned earlier, I had one of the lead actors sit next to me at my lunch table, then I had an assistant director come whisper in my ear, you can't sit here, talent is sitting here. And, like, the dude sat with me. Uh, and... Uh, there's another time actually on the, the first movie I was ever working, uh, I had this big, uh, like 12 foot by 12 foot piece of silk on top of a roof being held up by two, uh, steel fans. So I'm standing on one of them and we only have like two guys in the lighting and grip department. So like the other guy's working on lights and the wind picks up and I almost blow off this roof and the actress like breaks character and grabs the stand, like literally saves my life. And then I get yelled at by the director. Yeah. For like talking to the actress and letting her touch gear. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's weird too, because it's like, I, I guess if I was on a set, I would be the talent, I guess, which is, that's a tall thing to say about yourself or whatever. And I think I'd be okay if people just came up and talked to me. I, I don't, I can't put myself in the mindset of somebody who's like, I don't want anybody. I don't even want the best boy talking to me on this set. It seems like it, it feels like a movie set or a TV show set 
would be kind of a cool group of people who kind of are like hanging out and talking to or like like a family for that a period of time especially if you're doing a tv show oh, you for see sure. all like, the same people and you would think that you would all be able to mix up like a fucking stew but the people that are running the thing are probably so freaked out that you would talk to like fucking i don't know philip c a dead guy. I fucking the first. I tried <laughs> yeah. it so hard to think of an actor name. I I was just really turning, and I tried to think of an actor name, and that's what I came up with. Paul Giamatti. That he would have to deign to talk to you. Uh, uh, that that would be a bad thing. It just seems silly. Yeah, well, it's, it would be like the type of thing that say I'm on a set with him. He comes up and talks to me. My superior or my superior superior sees that, doesn't like it, and then they just don't call me on the next season of the show. Oh. And like that's kind of how it works for they just like it, they might not even have a conversation with you about it. Oh, that stinks. You yeah. Know? I, I, I can see that happening. Well, I say good luck. Uh don't work anymore. Yeah, good luck hey. with your guys' TV show. I I think I think you will be a benevolent producer. We already were. We did it. We finished that fucking thing. And we were very nice. There wasn't oh, a crew, is, though. So Is it up on means now? No. No, no it'll mm -hmm. be a while. I think it'll be early next year, if I'm not mistaken. We're not allowed. We're not, there's no dates. There's no guarantees. Yeah, there's no dates. We can't promise anything, but I think it'll be early next year. No, we can't say that either. I promise it'll be early next year. I, get, I will make... The Brian Quinby Street Fight Radio promise. Nah, we don't. We really don't know. But careful with that. I'll I'll just warn you. Post production always takes way longer than you expect, especially when it's your first time doing it a certain way. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't even know what they're gonna do. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't even know what the process is. Oh, I, yeah, I so it's figured, passed off to a different team now. Yeah, we did all the acting and shit. We're done. We okay, did. Cool. We well, did the I look acting. Forward to seeing it. Great, great talking to you guys tonight. Yeah, yeah. great to talk to you. Appreciate have a good it. night. Would have loved to have a best boy have on the uh, mean set uh, on the street fight set. You know, like a little award you could wear. Well, no, just we could have a best boy. Okay. Hey, there's a best boy on this show. He's a good boy. Would it just be like a dog? I mean, that's what I would do. I would I, if I worked in TV. If I was an actor. And I went to a TV show every day that I was acting on. I would yell, where's the best boy? And then the best boy would come up to me. I'd be like, you are a good boy. The best of all. I would tell that joke every time, dude. Yeah, they would love it. People would just be, their sides would be splitting. It's such a wild thing to call somebody. Like to have a job called best boy just seems like such an odd. I don't know. Isn't it weird? Yeah, I mean, I don't know what the job is. This doesn't say what the job is, really. We'll put a newspaper cap on, and you just come in with your shorts on, with your short pants on, and... Do boyish things. <laughs> That's what I would want it to be. Hey, act like a boy over there. Maybe play with some toys or something like Set that. Set up some firecrackers. I wonder if that just came up on, like, the train movie. Remember the train movie? Yeah. Where people thought the train was going to hit them in yeah. the movie theater, right? Yeah. I wonder if that's what happened. 
It's like, yeah, say you're a best boy. <laughs> it was just some kid they hired to do stuff on the set. Most likely. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah, oh, hey, he's the best boy, see? And then the fucking 13-year-old kid, or, yeah, and then the 9-year-old kid fucking has dirt all over his face and he's smoking a cigarette. Yeah. That's how things were. They grew up much faster back then. I'll do anything for a nickel. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I always see that in the uh, credits. By the way, I think we figured out what what talk show he worked on. Three eight eight seven. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Is it me? Yeah. Yeah, what's up, dude? I hope you didn't just say your uh, social security, like the last four of your social security number or your ATM pin. Oh, you heard that? Yeah. No, that was. I was just trying. <laughs> I was just trying to uh, get another phone to like call in. Oh, okay. I didn't so realize the, it was, the was last like four. the last four of the phone number to call in to. I just heard four numbers, and I was like, "This Anyways, motherfucker's giving up? us his it, bank." It, it, <laughs> I could give you that if you want. I have zero monies. Uh, it's Chris from Vermont. What's up? Yeah, uh, what's going on, Chris? Yeah, we're good. A couple of good Not boys. Much. Yeah, no. Yeah, they say, uh, uh, what, what, what do they say? Uh, first time caller, long time listener. Yep, I believe so. Yep, yep. And then on Opie and Anthony or Imus, they go wah, wah, after you do that. So there's a little <laughs> shock jock humor for you. So good to talk to you guys. Yeah. Um, What's going on, yeah, Chris? No, um, not not too much. Uh, I hate my town, but uh, it's we're trying to do a lot of good work here. Nice up in Bradderville. Uh, Bradderville. Uh, yeah. Like uh, Bradderville, Vermont. Yeah. Brad Bradderville. Oh, I, it sounds like wait. a made up place to me. <laughs> Bradderville, Vermont. Okay, okay. We I, I don't think we went to Vermont, but I want to do a gig in Vermont now. You know? Yeah. Well, My I mean, you're, going, you're probably going to do one. Brian, you're probably going to do, do one in uh, Burlington. And that's annoying as hell to me because they all the big acts always come through Vermont just to go to Burlington. Yeah, that's probably what we Really annoying. I mean, because we're a really big act, too. Yeah. And that's another thing we, yeah, we have to do. But, yeah, my aunt lived in Vermont for a period of time. And it, it was so funny. Like, she lived in Vermont. And for every holiday, the time she lived there, she just mailed us a bunch of maple syrup. Great. They feel like they can get away with the, just giving you maple syrup, like, because they're in Vermont, and yeah. that's where the maple syrup comes from. They pity you because you just buy table syrup. Yeah, and I'm sitting there like, you know, <laughs> Mrs. Butterworth's is fine. I fucking buy the generic maple syrup. They, they can't Yo, even put that, the word maple on it. I love it. I'm not even... Uh, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to piss off a shitload of, uh, like, Vermonters that listen to this podcast, but, like, I am not about... I am not about uh, local maple syrup. I am only about Miss Miss Butterworth. Yeah, Ew. like yeah, I, that's, I, that's, I, that's I what I love. I don't go that low. 
Here's the thing, dude. I do. I go Kroger yeah. brand, Mrs. It's Butterworth substitution. No, I don't if know the ever, difference. If you ever show up, if you ever show up to a to to Vermont and and, and uh, try to like go to a breakfast place, they're gonna offer you two things. They're gonna be like, "All right, this is the free shit, and this is like the expensive stuff." Free and for I'm me. Like, We're gonna ah! chug a chug a bottle of Mrs. Buttersworth on stage. I just don't know the difference. Yep. Great. Like I've had both. And I just don't feel like I did. I know that whenever I had the fancy maple syrup that comes in like the oil can, you know, <laughs> looks like the can that you oh, used yeah. to get lighter fluid in. Oh, okay. Like aluminum. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That one. Mm-hmm. My dad used to get it and he would just be like all about it. And then I would go get the Mrs. Butterworths or whatever out yeah. of the fridge <laughs> and I would start using it. And he's like, Brian. You got to use the real maple syrup. And I just remember I did it once. I was just like, okay, I'm going to use dad's fucking generic. Because I saw it as generic. I didn't really know that like local meant good. It's not local. It's a completely different product. One comes out of a tree and one is just sugar. That's in liquid form. Right. One is like, yeah. But I thought it was just generic. And then I dumped it on the pancakes and I started to eat them. And I was like. This tastes like a fucking tree. Like, it just felt like it tasted like a tree. And then, you know, you decide at seven oh. that you already know what the world, what's good and bad. <laughs> and you never, you, you try it once. No reason to ever try it again. Yeah, I've had it re- a okay. couple years ago, probably. Can Somebody, I already? Can, street fight, they gave me and you each some. Oh, yeah. And I used some of it. And I was like, I just don't know that I can't feel like a difference between this and the other stuff was all. Yeah. I, feel, I already feel bad about, like, making that a different thing. Like, from being from Vermont, like, I feel like this is the last thing I actually want to talk about, you know? Yeah. Well, <laughs> like, here you go. Uh, go for it. We always drag people into that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because that's, like, the one thing that we got, right, in Vermont, right? It's, like, maple syrup. Yeah. And trees. You got beautiful trees there right when they come syrup comes from trees so same thing i guess i guess i mean a lot i'm more excited about the pop rock shit that we got the what um and uh oh punk punk rock shit yeah i mean i'm an outdoors guy though you know big time on the outdoors so i like trees i mean fine go go outdoors like i mean there's plenty of outdoors in canada (laughs) yeah that's true too right yeah okay so now you, the floor is yours. You steer us. All right. Um, oh, first of all, I just wanted to thank um, uh, Brett for. Uh, hmm. I, I messaged Brett like a while ago about uh, sex toys or whatever, and like that was. Thank you for reminding me about that uh, woman run. Sex toy shop. Okay. Oh, yeah. Do they sell fleshlights? Is that what Brett's using as a flashlight? Oh no, it was, it was like a strap. It was strap on. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank Brett's a sweetie. He'll, he'll yeah. fucking hey. I have good DM, taste. I have superior taste. You DM Brett Payne and he'll tell you where to get sex toys, and that's just <laughs> a little thing. That yeah. He's no, doing. I mean. 
Yeah, but y'all had like um, that person from uh, that shop on a while ago, and I, and I was like stoked on it. So yeah, oh yeah, Lacey, very very awesome. from the garden in the chamber. Yeah, 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 that's, yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, what I wanted wanted to talk about tonight with y'all is uh, uh, I started a tennis union like a little while ago, and we just got a. Uh, uh, I don't know what you call it. Uh, they, uh, basically a, uh, um, amendment passed, um, about, uh, making last deposit, like, only making it so that, um, first, first, um, and, uh, first, last, is that's all you can get for what first and last is all you can get with what names they they outlaw middle names in vermont no first deposit um oh i see what you're saying first and last month's rent is all they can ask for they can't ask for more exactly exactly yeah. Well, that's good. There's nothing. Yeah. It passed. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, we got it passed through um, the uh, local, um, the local uh, government. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. All right, well, that's good. Good on you, Vermont. Dardington, Vermont. I just guess. I don't know. All right, buddy. Well, (laughs) thanks for calling. And uh, congratulations on that. Have a good night. Yeah, appreciate it. Hey, that was good. You know, you got a good law passed. Yeah, congrats on the sex. And yes, the sex. That's a, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Brett's running around telling people where to buy <laughs> fucking strap-ons now. This yeah. motherfucker gets divorced. I'm, I'm a and tech guy. A strap-on guy. I'm a tech guy. I'm into gear. And I also, even if I don't use something, I might know the finest quality to get. Okay? He is a gear guy, though. <laughs> it is true that, like, if you do contact him, Brett has this fucking, it's the same. I have the same thing in me. But it it's like on little different things. Like mine's on like TV shows and stuff like that. But Brent has this fucking thing, man. You can ask him about something or new metal and stuff like that with me. You ask him about something, man. Even if he doesn't know, he's gonna figure it out and fucking get a hold of you and tell you what the best thing is. I have he's the best things guy, man. Yes, I have an opinion on all the best things. You do, you do. <laughs> I mean, and you feel like I don't want to fucking tell this guy. To go get his strap on at some fucking second rate place. Right. This is my fucking reputation that's on the line. Exactly. You know? Yep. So I, if, I, if I don't know, I'll search it. And I'm the same way. When it comes to like, when people ask me stuff about shock jocks and I don't know the answer, I don't like say, I don't know. Yeah. I immediately fucking am looking at all the sources that I have for all the news about any radio DJs. Yeah. 
And like, uh, then I'm like, yeah, I knew. I mean, over the past, from the first October to now, my expertise is like really, like I, I, I just, I've kept up with it. Mm-hmm. But man, there was like a hairy like year and a half there where I was just like, people think I'm an expert in this and I'm not. Right. <laughs> now I'm kind I kind of, I, I kind of, it's the same thing with the Buckfest stuff or any of the deep dive podcasts I do. I just constantly stay on top of it once I do it. Yeah. But like, yeah, I always see that as my reputation on the line not knowing something and like you yeah because i've asked you about stuff that you didn't know about that you went and found out for me <laughs> like your google or something yeah hey brett i know you're into this weird shit <laughs> yeah i can do an intense amount of research in a short amount of time yeah all right thanks for calling street fight who are we talking to tonight last call oh let's hope this is fashionable it's me yeah, yeah, hey, what's up? It's yeah. Hey, um, so glad I got on. Wow. I yeah. I it's a I called in about I'm calling in about a prisoner phones app that um if you call in the morning tomorrow sometime um to Ohio Department of Corrections for an incarcerated comrade of mine. Okay. Um I can read you his ODOC number, if that helps. Um, yeah. But the best way to do the zap is to go to. Um, let me pull it up real fast. What is a zap? Can I ask that? I don't. I don't like. Uh, uh, what What would we be doing? Oh, a phone zap. Yeah. What's a phone zap? You. Oh, a phone zap is like. Um, it's a way to call in. Sorry, there's an echo for some reason. I can't figure it out, but I, I can get through it. Um, it's to voice your opinion to the like the uh like officials or the people answering the phones to make basically for there to be some record of people calling in and advocating for an incarcerated person um there's multiple reasons why it's a, it's, it's an effective tar- um tactic and i can like person i can tell you phone apps work they they, they've saved friends of mine. You know, they've saved people that I care about. Um, and they're used, they're powerful. That's great. Um, yeah. I've never yeah. heard of it, Yeah, but that's great. I'm, I'm glad yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah, that's cool to hear. I, uh, please let us help. Yeah. It's cool that it's in Ohio. Like, and that's what made me think of you guys, but hold up. I, I learned uh, a couple weeks ago about Prison Life magazine, and now I'm showing it to Brett. Uh, I was what? watching this Cocaine Cowboys. Uh, it's like a it's like a, a documentary series that they made about Cocaine Cowboys and like or about two specific ones, and it's like six episodes. Okay, so it's like a, a it's like a self contained kind of one season Cocaine Cowboys story. It takes place in that universe, right? And like, uh, uh, there was a thing where these guys wanted to get a hit list out, right? Like they they wanted, so (laughs) there were all these people that were going to be witnesses against them. Okay. Out there. Is this like the, the movie that from the same movie? Yeah. It's Brazil to Blanco and all that. Yeah. But this is a different 
Okay. This is called the boy. They were called the boys. They were. So anyway. Best boys. Yeah, they were. No, they weren't very good boys. No, they, they were, were kind bad of bad boys. boys. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, so like they had this whole thing going on where there were a bunch of people. They were the leaders of the cartel. So a bunch of people were going to flip on. them. You know what I mean? They were just like, we're going to fucking. We're going to. So they didn't know who was going to flip on them and turn state's evidence. Uh-huh. So they put an ad out in Prison Life magazine with the names of all the people and just said, hey, we'd like to get a hold of them so that they can be part of our hmm. defense. And it basically functioned as a hit list. And all, most of the people ended up dead. They they put it in Prison Life magazine That's and in some defense attorneys. Weird. Uh, wow. Yeah, it was crazy. I mean, I I just I that's how I learned about Prison Life magazine, and I started to read some a couple weeks ago. And I don't uh, think I've ever read it. Oh, really? Real, whoa. We well, I want to hear about it. Yeah, it is a magazine for incarcerated people and people who have gotten out that that are post incarceration too, and it's got like information on like what to do but it also has editorials written by incarcerated people so like it is like a really good sort of uh story you can also write in prison life magazine like people on the outside can also write in it too and you can advert they take advertising and stuff like that and uh i it's fascinating it's really cool that there is at least one place out there where you can read the opinions of a co- oh, incarcerated people. Yeah, yeah, from inside. It's incredible. And and like it's yeah. not even just I mean if- editorials though, they have like cartoons drawn by prisoners that the one yeah. I saw was oh, yeah. a uh, guy in jail. It's like a guy standing in a cell and his girlfriend's on the outside of the cell visiting him and he's like she's like you don't ever take me on dates anymore and I was just like look it's not very funny right? but I'll bet totally. you that kills in prison right yeah, <laughs> yeah no that's their experience for sure um, yeah okay so the info for the phones app is that you can go to SF Bayview and like one of their top like 10 posts is about Rashid Johnson, um, Kevin Rashid Johnson. And I can read you his ODOC number right now. Did you say SS Bayview? SS Bayview. Yeah. Um, it stands for the San Francisco Bayview. SS Bayview. Oh, well, he's a, he's the, um, minister of defense for the intercommunal, um, Black Panther Party. Oh, okay. Uh, which has a lot of incarcerated, um, inc- incarcerated members. Um, yeah. And here, let me pull that up for you. I'm on the site SF Bayview. That's San Francisco Bayview. Uh, I am. Yeah. Uh, on the he, site. Um, like some white supremacist, um, ODOC staff. They, um like said some really messed up stuff to him about the kinds of units they run. He doesn't even have a pair of shoes as of two weeks ago. He doesn't have his legal materials or hygiene products or clothing. He has not received his private 
his property, including legal documents. Um, yeah, but his ODOC number, well, it, it's good to call in for like a lot of reasons. Um, here, uh, my partner is here. Do you want to know? Um, yeah, that's, I mean, you can look it up. Um, he's in Ohio now. He's been transferred all over the United States. Uh, and yeah, Kevin Rashid Johnson, look him up. Um, Prison Radio specifically actually just posted about him too. And they're an excellent way to get, um, to hear voices from incarcerated people. Uh, Prison Radio has done amazing work for, for a long, really long time. Um, but yeah, check it out. Yeah. What, what's I, the, I don't, is that a good summary of what's going on? Yeah. What's the ODOC number? Or you can just find it there. Right. Yeah. Google Kevin Rashid Johnson. It, it, he comes up. He has a, a official website and everything and a Wikipedia page. So he comes up. Google that. And, uh, you know. Sorry. Yeah. I'm not pulling it up right now for some reason. Oh, it's okay. I just Googled it. Uh, uh, so they'll find it. And, uh, but if you can, you can call in for my comrade. Um, yeah, it's a, it takes like 10 minutes and it, um, does, it does, it does something. Um, thanks for listening. Oh, God, there was something else I wanted to say. Anyway, have a great night, guys. You too. Thanks, you too. Appreciate have a good it. night. Yeah. Look it up. Make that call tomorrow when you get up. Zap them fucking phones. Like I got zapped with 90 volts. Oh, that is like, or like a uh, zap, like sap. I'm trying to like work out like something like zap and sap, you know, like, cause we talked about syrup. Uh-huh. You got sap phones, sap, like you got zap sapped or something. I don't know. It's not, it's not coming together, but maybe in two or three days I'll post it. And, uh, uh, the joke will be great. You got zapped by electricity and it sapped your love for real maple syrup. <laughs> there you go, man. There you go. Yeah. The prison life magazine. Uh, if you ever, I, I found it fascinating to look through, uh, maybe not the best cover person this month. It's uh, Bill Cosby. So I, I mean, that's not, that's, that's not the best, but I mean, all, I mean, you know, okay. Yeah. Yeah. The other one has a, a family, so that's good. But yeah, uh, thanks for listening to the show. The next time you talk, we talk to you, it will be Wednesday. That's right. And uh, we will be an eagerly anticipating our trip to the Gathering of the Juggalos for the weekend. Having a lot of fun together. Also on August 26th in Columbus, Ohio at Mad Lab. Come out. Come see what we do. And I'll tell you what, I don't even, I have a few ideas of what we're going to do. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so come out to that. It'll be very fun. We'll, 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 we'll be full of piss and vinegar. Yeah. And vim. At vim and vinny, vinegar. I believe the, the they're requiring vaccination cards for people. Uh, but it's going to be two smaller shows of, I think, 55 uh, each. So... Come check us out uh, next week in Columbus, Ohio, the 26th. Uh, look around and we'll share the link somewhere. But uh, thanks also, for calling in. We'll also get you the other dates. But right now we're pushing Columbus. Yeah. Because that's we're the very first behind. one. Yeah, yes. we're very far behind on yes. promoting it. So thank you. We'll see you on Wednesday. Peace.